season three, bitches. Live from wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this, it's the Smokin' Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, starring Ollie, Miss Pingrino, DJ Poor, Sheila, DA Williams, and Orson Wells. And featuring me, your announcer, Doc Summit. And now, here's your host, Hot Toddy. Hello there, and welcome to episode one of season three of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. We are back, baby. That's right. We are back after a nice summer break off. It's always nice to be done for a little while and, you know, rejuvenate and recharge the batteries. But we are now back and raring to go with tons of new ideas, and the ideas are flowing like wine. So you've got one hell of a season of shows coming your way. I guarantee you that. But, uh, but yeah, we're back, you know, and, and we had a great summer. I had a great summer. Did a lot of fun things, and I'll be going into greater detail about that later on in the show and you'll hear what everybody did this summer because this week's episode is called how was your summer where everybody from the smoking hot Toddcast crew will take a second to tell us what they did this summer and whether it was good or bad or whatever and i'll be doing that along with miss pingrino later on in the show so don't miss that but i, I you know i did do some fun things went to florida i uh, did some other fun activities uh, of course I've had, i had to work of course over the summer as well but it's in what i love to do radio both on star Wonder 2.1 and our sister show smells like 90s rock and we did a lot of fun events this summer. It's a lot of fun things. I've been out and about and been keeping active. Really feels like I've not even stopped. I've been hitting the ground running every single day, even when the podcast is on hiatus. But that's the way it's supposed to be. That's life, people. That's how it works. But anyway, you know, the the only thing about this summer that that was kind of crazy, and I mean, I guess it's a good thing because, you know, it could have been worse, could have been mild and, and not fun. But this, without a doubt, had to be the hottest summer ever literally uh, that, that that's a saying right hottest summer ever you can take that to the bank this year because i mean it is it it got into the 90s like what at the end of may early june and it has stayed there we're, we're in the mid we're in the middle of september we're days away from fall and we're still in 90 degree heat I mean, it's ridiculous, but you know what? I, again, again, I'll take that any day. But I, I'm ready for the cooler weather just because, like I said, we're, we're, what are we, about six days away from fall? So, you know, I, I'm ready for it to cool down, if only a little bit. And let's calm down. Let's see the let's see the leaves fall. And it's, it's my favorite time of year because, you know, it becomes holiday time and everything starts to change a little bit. And now I have something new to look forward to. It's always a new season of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. So we got that going for us as well. But, yeah, we're getting into it. It's football season and the Vols are playing again and we are 2-0 and I might add. We're two games in and we're 2-0 and I might add. And in this week's episode we're going to be talking about that and like I said you'll be finding out what everybody did this summer and what would the Smoking Hot Toddcast be without a brand new Ollie report. That's right. Ollie didn't go anywhere either. He's back and he's raring to go so you'll find out everything that he's doing as well. So sit back and relax as we dive headfirst into season three of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. You're listening to the most splendiferous, the most fantastic, the greatest podcast in the history of podcasts, the Smokin' Hot Toddcast. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Well, as I said at the top of the show, this week's episode is pretty much dedicated to finding out what everybody in the cast of the Smokin' Hot Toddcast has done over the summer. And I thought it would be the perfect way to start things to find out just what our good friend Ollie has done over the summer. So please, without further ado, put your hands together, although I don't know if you're doing it because this is a podcast. Uh, It's the one and only Ollie. Ollie, how are you? 
I've never been more fine in my entire life, for I have found inner peace. I, Dan, so uh, I take it you had a, a rather uh, good summer? Oh, absolutely. You see, I was able to get myself hooked up with a group of people that really know how to care for one another, to show each other the path of righteousness and the world among us. Never have I felt such camaraderie and love as I have felt right now. I truly am the luckiest man in the world. So you joined a cult. Baskets! Well, that's what it sounds like to me. It's not a cult. It's just an organization of people that love each other, want only the best for each other, and promise to kill each other when the time comes. Hashtag butt cheeks. Yeah, Ollie, that's uh, that's that's a classic cult right there. I mean, uh, you 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 have you have officially joined a cult. Do you realize this? You're just paranoid, hot toddy. I appreciate you worrying about me, but there's nothing to worry about. I am among friends with this group. I've never been happier. Well, that's great, Ollie, but uh, before we continue on, though, would, would you mind kind of filling me in on exactly everything that you all do in this little this little club? Oh, absolutely. We praise our Lord and Savior, King Zubaduba. I'm sorry? Yes, he is the man who created Earth. He built it out of Legos, and then the Legos went poof, and it became what we all know today. Hashtag water, hashtag sky, hashtag trees, hashtag sports, haircuts. So this guy, King Zubaduba, he's the creator of heavens and earth, of the heavens and earth. And what are you talking about? There is no heaven. King Zubaduba lives in a condo on the moon. Yeah, okay, Ollie, um, you, you've definitely joined a cult. Uh, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm not very religious anyway, so I don't get into the whole, you know, God created earth thing, but I, I can for damn sure tell you there's no such person as King Zubaduba. You're glib, Hot Toddy. You're, you're just, you're just glib. You don't understand because you have been seduced by the riches and the commercialism of the world today. You need to know the love in which King Zubaduba meant his planet to be of, and that's why I'm here, Hot Toddy. Let me ask you: Have you heard the good news? I think I'm about to. King Zubaduba's teachings can be found everywhere. In fact, I have a pamphlet I want you to read. Oh yes, yes, yes. You at home can't see this, but I'll explain it to you. Uh, it is essentially a giant figure of some sort hugging an entire group of people up until the point that their eyes are bugging out. And one, I think, is that one of them is actually dead? Yes, that lucky soul has gone to live with King Zubaduba in his condo. Okay, Ollie, I, I'm just going to set this down, and I think you and I need to have a little chat. I agree, Hot Toddy. Before this segment is over, I will have you convinced you need to join us in our great journey. Would you like to join our little group? No, Ollie, I'm not going to join your group. It's tax-deductible biscuits! I don't... I don't care. No, Ollie, look, you, you have joined a cult. We've got to we've got to stop this, okay? I need you to snap out of it because uh, you're not you're not going to go see those people anymore. I have a meeting with them today. Yeah, no you don't. Yes, I do. And you're coming with. You're going to hear the good news. No, look, Ollie, I I'm not I'm not going to do that. Are you sure? They serve delicious Kool-Aid and they put something delicious within it to make us feel better. Yeah, I I'm not going to do that, Ollie. I I think we're good here. Would you be willing to shave all the hair off your body and meet on Thursdays? No! No! Ollie, stop it! I'm not doing that. Put that away. It won't hurt! Stop it! No! You're not going to touch me with that razor. Get it away from me. It doesn't hurt, seriously. Look what I did. Oh! Oh, oh my god, Ollie! You're bald! I know! I wanted to surprise you! I had them construct a wig that looked like my old hair. Hashtag haircuts! Oh my god! Oh, please have clothes under there. Please have clothes. Okay, you do. But what the hell is that? It's the King Zubaduba robe. 
as soon as you become a member. Uh-huh. And what do you have to do to become a member? It's like I said, shave your entire body. Okay, all right. You know what? I think we're done here, Ollie. Clearly, uh, you have some things you need to work out, uh, but it, it is nice to know you, you had a great summer. Absolutely. I see sky and trees and buildings and a hope for a new life as I join King Zubaduba in his condo on the moon. I hate you. And now, Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. The only time the world beats a path to your door is if you're in the bathroom. And that was Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. We're going to bring it down a little bit for just a second, get a little serious, um, because I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that this past Sunday was the 15th anniversary of September 11th. And it's absolutely hard to believe that it has been that long. As a matter of fact, this will give you an idea of just how long it's been since 9-11. There are now high school freshmen this year who were not even born when 9-11 happened. Teachers from across America are saying that kids might be familiar with it, but they don't always know what it was. For instance, a fifth grade teacher asked her class what happened on 9-11, and one of them answered, didn't it have to do with a car bombing or something? But those children were born in 2005 and have no idea what 9-11 is about. And so teachers now are faced with the task of introducing or reintroducing 9-11 to younger children. And many of the teachers are saying that their students are mystified when they hear about this. Because how many students had to learn about a terrorist attack that happened to the United States? Pearl Harbor is the only thing that comes to mind. And any generation really following the 50s, it doesn't really, it didn't really affect them that much. It's just a part of history. But then our generation had to actually watch this unfold, and then the future generations have to sit and learn about it. So there's still a lot of feeling behind 9-11. There's still a lot of affliction and just a lot of emotion that comes out of this. So the teachers are, are having to, to deal with this, and, and, and mainly because the parents, the parents don't really know how to address it at first. I mean, they'll, they may give them some facts, they may tell them about what happened, but they're really relying on the teachers to give them the right stuff, you know, give them the right information and to teach it properly. Because this is something that really does have to be handled with care. Because you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to insult anybody. You don't want anybody to get upset about it. And the teachers are really handling it very well. And in fact, most of the teachers in this story that I read about said that their te- that their students are, are very eager to learn. They want to know more about what happened that day. And they want to really learn the history. And that really is fantastic. You know, it's amazing because, you know, they, they either were too young to remember it or they weren't born yet when it happened and these poor kids are having having to grow up in probably the the worst time in America's history because we are so divided we have i don't think this country has ever been more divided than it is right now and they'll never know what happened on 9/11 and during that period where we were all one we were, we were all unified when we all stood together and said we're going to fight this and fight back only to you know 16 15 16 years later we're at each other's throats all the time and so really I, I think it's a wonderful thing that these children are eager to learn it because maybe they can do something that our generations aren't able to do maybe they can finally unify everybody find a solution to, to bring everybody together which is something that we have sadly failed at over the last few years so it, it really is a great thing that they're learning but uh but I can't get over the fact, I cannot stress enough, I'm trying to make you feel old here. Don't worry, I do too. I'm 27 years old and I feel old about this, that there are now high school students that do not remember 
9-11. They're, that's right. They're no longer toddlers. They're no longer elementary, not even middle school kids. These are high school kids that do not remember September 11th. I cannot stress it enough. Let me say it one more time. <laughs> high school students now do not remember September 11th. But anyway, uh, in all seriousness, of course, it, it, this was the 15th anniversary, and, and it's something we will never forget that whole day. And, and, and every person that lost their lives, whether it were civilian, firemen, policemen, whoever, they will always remain in our hearts until we perish. And so, therefore, we will never forget. Smoking Hot Podcast. And now we continue finding out how everybody's summer was, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't have this guy next. He's our beloved resident redneck and everybody's favorite poop taker. Please welcome our very own D.A. Williams. D.A., how are you, my friend? Uh, not, not so loud, please. D.A., what's wrong? Is, is the summer... It was not kind. What happened? Did you have a bad summer? On the contrary. I probably had the greatest summer I've ever had. It was three months of sheer bliss, but I'm paying for it right now. For those of you at home, uh, D.A. is currently laying in a chair upside down and kind of sideways. It's because I'm entirely hungover. Probably the worst hangover I've ever had. But it was glorious. I drank so much. All right, this, this is turning into a PSA, DA. All right, let's let's get to the point here. What what exactly did you do this summer? Well, that's just it, Hot Toddy. I, I had an amazing summer. I went on an alcohol tour of the world. School me? That's right. I went on an alcohol tour of the entire planet. I went to different countries and tried out different beers. That's right. I tried out different beers in different countries. Different countries? Different beers? Oh, man. Uh-huh. So you, you did this the entire summer. That's right. Almost every single day since the season finale. And now... I die. Well, that's fascinating, D.A., and uh, just don't drink and drive. We're just going to put that out there because this is not looking good on our side of the table here. Why don't you uh, just kind of give us a little bit more of a play-by-play of, of what you did? Actually, I have a thing of slides. I'd like to show you my trip if I could. Well, well that would be great, yes. Uh, let's let's see your trip. Okay, well, let's go on over here. Uh, uh, oh, oh, uh. Would you like some help? Please! All right, there you go. Uh, thank you. Uh, let's go on over here. All right. You know, it's uh, it's 2016, and you're still using slides. Shut up. All right, all the slides are in. Let's take a look. So we begin right here in Knoxville. I went to one of my favorite bars, Barley's Tap Room and Pizzeria. Had some delicious beer and a nice slice of pizza. It was absolutely fantastic. And if you've never been there before, I highly recommend it. I highly all right. Uh, well, that's fascinating. You went to Barley's. Okay, well, let's fast forward. Let's do it. Next, I went to New York City, where I had a beer with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, that's amazing. You met Jimmy Fallon. That's right. We talked for hours. We had an amazing conversation. We became good friends. And then I brought up the fact that he knew somebody that I knew, Ollie, of course. And when I did that, he actually did this. Is his pants off? Yep, he tore off his pants, ran around the circle, and then started screaming like a girl and ran it out the door. I see. Well, that's pretty much how everybody's reaction is to Ollie, though, to be honest. No, absolutely. So after that, I decided to leave the country, and I then went to England. Where I had some fantastic alcoholic beverages in pubs around the country. I met a lot of nice people, a lot of angry people. I met this woman. I can't remember what her name is. My God, D.A., 
You had a beer with the Queen of England? Is that who she is? I kept calling her Granny from the Looney show. That's who she looks like. She didn't like it too much, and I kept getting hit in the head by one of these little fuzzy head guys, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. But anyway, I, I didn't realize she was uh, she was a queen. That, that's amazing. So was she transgender? She's the Queen of England. She's part of the royal family. She's the head of the royal family. Oh! I don't know what that means. Just go to the next damn slide. Okay. Well, then I went to France. Francais. Silence au fond. I went to some fantastic bars down there. And that's where I met the love of my life. Wait, what? You met somebody on this trip? I did, Hot Party. Her name was Lolita. Uh, Lolita, you say? That's right. In fact, I got a picture of me and her. Look how beautiful she is. Wow, that... That is a lot of armpit hair. I know. That's what attracted me to her. And the smell. Uh. I'm getting a little uncomfortable, DA. Alright, sorry, I forgot myself. Well, anyway, I, that's where I spent most of my time was in France, because I didn't want to leave Lolita, obviously. But, c'est la vie. I had to move on. So I went to Italy. And there I had to drink with this guy with the funny hat. I, I don't know what's going on. My God, D.A., you met all these fantastic people. Why didn't you get an interview? What are you talking about? That's the Pope. That's Pope Francis. You had a beer with Pope Francis? I didn't even know he drank. Well, maybe anything other than wine. I couldn't understand a damn thing. He was saying he's Italian. I couldn't understand a damn thing. I didn't know he was no Pope. I kept calling him Grandpa Jones. And that would explain why a bunch of cardinals kept hitting me in the head when I did it. You thought he was Grandpa Jones? He looks nothing like Grandpa Jones. Well, Excuse me, I'll tell you for not being as cultured as you. I don't own things like the iPhone or the McDonald's computer, a television, a radio, newspaper. I don't talk to people. I don't, I don't know shit, okay? Let's just get that out there right now, and I think everybody will, will feel better. Whatever, DA. All right, let's go, go to the next slide. All right, Dan. Then I went to the Middle East, and I had a beer with these guys, and uh, they weren't extremely nice, but they were fine with having a beer with me, and they kept asking me a bunch of questions, kind of like trying to get a feel of, of how a marker is, and I, and I just couldn't get a good read on them. I really don't know who they were. Oh my god, I am so glad that this is a podcast and not a TV show, because that's the most offensive picture I think I've ever seen. Is that you with ISIS? Oh, is that what they were saying? I thought they were singing Vanilla Ice song, you know, Ice, Ice, Baby. Uh, uh. I kept doing that. I kept shaking my moonmaker and saying, every time they screamed out that word, Isis, I guess, I, and then I started shaking my ass and started going, Ice, Ice, Baby, because I thought they were getting into it, but they never got into the song, so I, I just stopped doing it. But I had bear with them. I had some bears with them, and, and it was nice talking to them. You just need to shut up, DA. You just need to shut the hell up. If the, FBI, if the FBI is listening to this, you know you could go to jail? You could go to prison for life! Oh, just like, like my great-grandpa, that'd be a good one. All right, DA, what's next? Well, after that trip, I started feeling lonely, and I started missing my Lolita. So I ended up just going right back to France. Oh! Oh, my God! <clears throat> DA, you're nude in this picture! I know... I asked Lolita to get a picture, because she, she's an artist, she likes to paint, and so she was painting a mural of me in the buff. And I asked her to take this picture and put it part of my slides. It was a glorious day. A glorious trip, Hot Toddy. I highly suggest you do this at least once in your life. After she did the mural of me, we made love in a way I've only seen in nature videos. It was glorious. Well, that's the end of the slides, and if you excuse me, I gotta run to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
Oh my god, that was that was the worst thing I've ever seen. You, you, just be happy you didn't see that. Oh my god, it was so much hair and oh, and and oh my god, it was awful and. <laughs> Oh god, no, no, not this now. Come on, DA! Come on, here we go! No! Oh, DA! For God's sake, shut it off! Please! Shut it off! Get us out of here, for God's sakes! Hot toddy. Hot toddy. Hot Toddy. You're tuned into the Smokin' Hot Toddcast with your host, Hot Toddy, who's always looking real good. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? No, no, no. Your face does. Well, I don't think the words Go Vols have been screamed quite as loud as they have been the last two weeks. That's right. It is football time in Tennessee once again, and we are two games into the season, and the Volunteers are 2-0, which means they are currently undefeated. Now... We're just at the beginning of the season. We don't know what's really going to happen as we get deeper down the road, but we have, in fact, won our first two games. Now, unfortunately, a lot of critics have been downplaying this because they, you know, I guess I could agree that Tennessee tends to get overly hyped uh, every season before we get into it. I mean, we were number nine in the AP poll going into football season. Uh, I think we're now in the teens, but we're still in there. We're still in the top 25, which is fantastic. I mean, we have not accomplished that kind of mission in years, so it's nice to be back in the ranks and and doing so well. But a lot of people think that it's not as well-deserved as as we think it is. But, I mean, we think it is. I do, too. I mean, the volunteers have been really picking it up over the last couple of years, and and we have Butch Jones to thank and and a team of fantastic players. So to say that we don't deserve the recognition we've been getting is is not true. We do deserve it. But maybe, is it overhyped? Maybe just a little. But hey, this is big orange country. That's what we do. But getting back to the games, no, you know, we've played two teams that are not in the SEC, uh, but ironically are are two very well-known teams in in the country. We started the season off on a Thursday, random, uh, playing against Appalachian State. Now, the thing about Appalachian State is that they're a pretty darn good team in their own league, right? I mean, they're not like Alabama status good or anything like that, but they're really good in their league. Of course, a few years ago, they beat Michigan. Michigan was huge at the time, and so to beat them was huge, and Appalachian State accomplished that, and that was fantastic. And so we, we knew going into that game that it was going to be a bit of a struggle, but we did not realize how big of a struggle it was going to be. Now, the Vols ended up going into overtime with them, and, and Appalachian State had the lead for most of the game, and we finally caught up with them, and then we tied and went into overtime, and we did beat them in overtime. And, and you know, even though it was a W, it still left a bad taste in a lot of Vol fans' mouths because it's like, this is the first game of the season. We're supposed to stomp the first team that we play. You know, Every season, it's always a no-name team that always comes to Knoxville, and we stomp them, usually. But this go-around, we were not able to do that. But again, I point out, Appalachian State is a pretty darn good team in their own right. But people did not anticipate that an SEC team couldn't take them down. But unfortunately, that was the case. Or not the case, but it took a long time to get them down. But you you know what I'm saying. But we ended up winning that game, which is awesome and it's great. And so that was one game down. But a lot of people were nervous going into this past Saturday's game. This past Saturday's game was the game that has been anticipated for almost four years. I think it got scheduled in 2013, I'm pretty sure. And we have been waiting for it and waiting for it. And finally, it happened this past Saturday. The now historic Battle at Bristol, in which we took on Virginia. Virginia Tech at the Bristol Motor Speedway, one of the one of the many NASCAR speedways in the country, and uh, it ended up being the biggest 
football game in football history because it was over 150,000 people were packed in the Bristol Motor Speedway Stadium. I mean, that's insane. I mean, it gives you an idea of how many people actually go to NASCAR events and then to take that out of the equation and put football in it. I mean, that's amazing. And they had a packed house, full house, over 150,000 people were there and just to watch Tennessee and Virginia Tech play. And uh, it was an amazing, it was an amazing night. I mean, it, I didn't get to go, sadly, of course. I wasn't there for it, but it was a historic night for everybody that was there. And it was a historic night for all of us, for all of the Vol fans, because it, it was our team who got to be a part of this, you know. And even just to watch it, I mean, it was just, it was amazing to watch. But, unfortunately, the game started out the same way it really did with Appalachian State. Virginia Tech struck first. Then they struck second. It was 13 to nothing. Virginia Tech within the first few minutes of the game. It was terrible. And I, and I just kind of rolled. I think we all just kind of rolled our eyes. I know I did. I was like, oh, my God, here we go. I mean, this is this is just not this can be happening. We're going to lose. We were afraid we were going to lose the first game. Now we're going to lose the second game. And we haven't even started playing SEC teams. I mean, it was just it, it was something that boggled the mind. And but then all of a sudden what's this. Some amazing plays started going down. Turnovers started happening, field goals, touchdowns, and eventually Tennessee took the lead over Virginia Tech, and we kept scoring on them and scoring on them, touchdown after touchdown, and eventually we took it out of their hands, and the, the game ended 45-24. to We beat Virginia Tech and won the Battle of Bristol. I think that was really significant more than anything else, that we win this game that has been, like I said, anticipated since 2013. We've been waiting for it and waiting for it and couldn't wait any longer. And finally we had it. And could you imagine us losing that game? I mean, I really felt for the Virginia Tech fans who thought probably the same thing we've been thinking over the last few years, and they went in and ended up losing. But I think it would have been worse for Tennessee because Tennessee, like I said, is is probably one of the most well-known teams in the nation and they do get overhyped during the year and so if had we lost that I mean it just would have been sheer embarrassment I think but the balls they kicked in boy and we are now 2-0 and oh. and this week we're back in Knoxville at Neyland Stadium taking on Ohio uh, not Ohio State just another it was this is Ohio we're going to play them and uh, I'm not sure how good or bad they are uh, but we're still we're supposed to be still in the easy period so hopefully this will be okay uh, taking on Ohio uh, in the next week and then it is Gator time if I'm not mistaken next week and they'll be coming to Neyland as well so that'll be a home game we'll have the home field advantage and uh, you know we've been saying for the last couple of years we look good to beat Florida but unfortunately we didn't in 2014 we were supposed to uh, we didn't beat them last year, and we were supposed to. As a matter of fact, uh, the first episode of the Smoking Hot Podcast last year was following the Florida defeat. So, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping for a win here so I don't have to be all sad after that particular game. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Right now, though, the Vols are on top. They won the battle at Bristol, and uh, we're getting headfirst now into the season, and uh, it's going to be a good one, I think. I, I'm predicting good things, but we'll have to wait and see. Until then, though, go Vols. Ollie Smoking Hot Podcast promos. Take one. All right, Ollie, just say this is Ollie, and you're listening to the uh, the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Show, podcast, station. Okay. All right, Ollie, this time just say uh, this is Ollie, and you're listening to the Smoking Ollie Report. No, that's not. Oh, jeez. All right, Ollie, this time just say this is the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Biscuits. Damn it. Okay, Ollie, just say the words the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Can you do that at least? I'm outside. I see people. I see grass and trees and buildings. I hate you. The Smokin' Hot Todd. Smokin' Hot Toddcast! You suck, Ollie!
The Smokin' Hot Toddcast presents The Ollie Report, a segment dedicated to extremely professional and hard-hitting journalism. Reports on headlines straight off the news ticker through the eyes of Ollie. And now, The Ollie Report. And away we go. We have returned. Welcome to the Ollie Report. I am Hot Toddy. Of course, this is the season premiere of the Ollie Report. Had a very nice summer off. You know, always nice to get rejuvenated, recharge the batteries. But now we're back and we're ready to go. And what a time to get started once again, because all hell has broke loose on the side of the Democrats. That's right. Yesterday, while attending a September 11th memorial service, former Secretary of State and the Democratic nominee for president, Hillary Clinton, became over overheated and fell ill and was later diagnosed with pneumonia. This is huge news and can be somewhat scary, especially for someone at her age. So we knew right then and there we had to get Ollie on the scene to see what was going on and what we can figure out. And now, without further ado, for the first time since June and for the first time this season, please welcome back Ollie. Ollie, how are you, sir? Summer break my ass! We're back in no time! I thought I'd have a little bit more time to do stuff. Station! Um, Ollie, let's not do that. We're on on the air now. Hi. Do I look like I care biscuits? I, I don't know because I'm talking to you on the phone. Um, I'm not sure what... Shut up, Ollie. Let's get right into this. Let's not start off on a bad note. Hi, uh, you're in uh, New York right now, correct? Hashtag yuppers. Well, good, good. And we sent you up there, of course, because of this horrible news about Hillary Clinton uh, falling ill with pneumonia. Now, have you spoken with anybody in her camp to see how she's doing? I had pneumonia once. I felt horrible. I couldn't move for days. Couldn't even talk for weeks. Cats and dogs don't have butt cheeks. Tell you what, why don't you find Hillary and just give her a big old kiss right on the mouth, tongue and everything. Let me see if we can't get that back. Huh? Oh, never mind, Ollie. Um, so anyway, have, have you spoken with anybody uh, about how her condition is? Went to a hospital. Saw a lot of guys in white coats. They were helping people. Hey, there's a car and a rock. Maybe I should run for president. Something tells me I'd get more votes. Point and match on what you just said, my friend. Point and match. Um, but that's really beside this entire point. We're not talking about you or your potential run for president. Um, but we're talking about Hillary Clinton. Now, Hillary is, is very ill right now. And for someone, like I said earlier, for someone of her advanced age, pneumonia could be lethal. And this is scaring many Democrats and the anti-Donald Trump camp severely. Because, I mean, in the off chance, I'm sure this won't happen, but in the off chance that she could pass away, what would happen in this election? This is really a whole horrible time for her to be getting sick. Now, have you talked to any of her relatives? Perhaps Bill or her or daughter Chelsea? Hell no! I saw what she did to Putthead in that movie! Uh-huh. Well, as we all know, after she fell ill at the 9-11 memorial, she went to Chelsea's apartment, and is that where you're located? No! Where are you? Outside Taco Bell! Chalupas! Great. So, you've not spoken to anybody in Hillary's camp to see how she's doing? What? Sorry, I got taco. Ollie... <sighs> It's the first one of the season. We got 21 more of these damn things. Um, listen, Ollie, um, sources are concerned that uh, that uh, she might be contagious, too. Of course, you know, because, of course, pneumonia is very much a contagious illness. So even people who criticized her for leaving the 9-11 memorial praise everybody that got her out of there because she was uh, potentially a threat to uh, other people. Have you found out is she contagious? And if so, how bad? Oh, my God. That food. I'm going to be like DA on here in a minute. Hashtag... Uh, okay. All right. So you've uh, you've clearly not done your job again. We we've sent you to to uh, f- 
New York and you, you, you stopped by a Taco Bell. That's all you've done. Or you, you went to a hospital and saw a doctor walk around and then you got yourself a damn taco and chalupa over at the Taco Bell and now you're complaining that you're going to have the Hershey squirts right here on the Ollie Report and I don't want to hear any of it, you know? This is ridiculous, Ollie. Once again, you have whizzed this story down your leg. This is extremely important. This is one half of Decision 2016. She is severely ill and we need to know how she's doing so that we can inform the public about her situation. What the hell is wrong with you? Never, you know what? Never mind. We'll, we'll wrap it up. All right, never mind. Well, yes, I understand the frustration, and that is why I am here right now with one of Hillary's advisors, and he will now tell us exactly what is going on with Secretary Clinton and what we should expect for the future. Oh, Ollie, thank God you saved the day. All right, well, take it away. This is wonderful. Take it away. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just sit back and listen. Very well, Hot Toddy. So tell me, sir, what can we expect from this illness? Oh, no, no! He disguised himself! He's actually a Donald Trump advisor! Is this just, just a new thing that Donald Trump advisors just seek out Ollie to beat the living shit out of him? Is that what this is? I, I guess so. that's the only thing I can figure out. It, it is pretty hilarious, but I, now we don't get a story once again. So thank you, Ollie. We'll see you next week. What have I done to deserve this? Oh, God! Sweet baby Jessup! That's going to do it for the Ollie Report this week. Tune in next time for another headline ripped from the Ollie News Ticker. Until then, have a good day and an Ollieful week. And now, Hot Toddy gets interviewed by Miss Pingrino's cat, Teebs. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Teebs, as always. It's great to be here. Yes, season three is underway, and it's absolutely amazing and fantastic, and we're, we're having a blast, and we've got tons of ideas for shows for days. I mean, we, we've got a huge season coming your way, so season three, it's, it's going to be a good one for sure. Yep, the whole cast is back. Ollie's back. D.A. Williams and, of course, Miss Pingrino, as you know. Uh, we're all back. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, well, we'll be talking about this in the next segment, but the cat's out of the bag. Miss Pingrino and I did move in together. Well, of course, you know that, Teebs, because I moved in with you, too. We're all living together. It really is a nice place, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing, and it's, it's brought your anxiety down a lot, which is fantastic, because, you, you know, all last year and the year before, you were on edge. I mean, those first two seasons, boy, I mean, you yelled at me, and it was awful, but uh, but you've calmed down a lot, and I think this has done some real good. <sighs> well, come on, Teebs, let's not get into this. Look, because you were so stressed out, you licked your fur practically off your stomach, and so that's why we... That, come on, that's why we keep looking at your stomach. Because we want to see if the hair is growing back. That's all we're trying to do. We're not... Teebs, come on, there is no reason for this. We're just worried about you. We're concerned. That's why we want to take care of you. And that's why we keep doing... I'm not going to get into this with you. There, there, um, there's no way I'm going to break down and argue with you about this because it, it's just for your own good. I mean, you were so stressed out. And then finally, you straightened out when we got here and everything's better. But we're just checking to make sure. That's why we do... We're not going to stop looking at your belly until your hair grows back. Now, you just got to deal with that. And that was Hot Toddy getting interviewed by Miss Pingrino's cat, Teebs. All right, so I have a question for you, DJ Poor. Yes. Overall, how would you say your summer was? My summer? Um, just kind of uneventful. Yeah? What would yeah. you do? Did you do anything during the summer? Uh... 
I went to see Beach House. That that's was, right. That's probably the highlight of my summer. You saw Beach House. Yes, which was a lot of fun. You raved about that concert. So yeah, I had great. a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. And then you just you just worked every other day. More or less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess Beach House, they make me feel a little more emotionally vulnerable than I'm comfortable with sometimes. <laughs> Why? But I still, because it's very heartfelt lyrics. Oh, okay. And uh, very... Um, I guess I've never seen you like not, emotional, so I don't know. No, I don't know. I, they 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 tend to produce a very, I won't say somber, but um, a very emotional atmosphere okay. with their music. So I've seen you, but it was still very enjoyable. Right, I've seen you joyless. I've seen you mad. I've never actually seen you emotional, like getting into a song. I you, teared up at exa- a part of the song. To- at the concert a few times. I was about to ask, is there music that makes you tear up a little bit because you, you get so into I'd it? I never thought so until I, <laughs> until I attended the Beach House show. Well, see, there you go. First time for everything. There is some music that does that to me, but I it, probably not of a group, I'd say. No groups. Do Just that. maybe like a specific song or mm, something like that? It ha- it, it, or- orchestrated music, you know, orchestral type stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay. It ha- and it's a specific type, you know. What uh, I don't know, the sad, Beethoven, the sad kind. That's uh, the that's the romantic. That's the romanticism. Well, well, no, it, it's what's not. I mean, really, I don't, I don't uh, feel sad from those songs. Well, maybe there's some that do, do it to me. Chopin, um, Beethoven, like Brahms. Well, you know the the death. You know the Death March song. Uh, no, I don't think I'm familiar. Well, with you that know one. it's da 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 da. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's actually that's actually an entire song. There's like a whole thing that goes along to it, uh, and that's just like the beginning of it. And they you know goes back to it every once in a while, you know, and during the stuff. I listen. I actually listened to the whole thing just a few days ago, and uh, no, I I tell you when I did it was when when I was making the promo for the Joyless so special. <laughs> yeah, that's when it was, and I because I used that music in the background of it, and uh, I listened to the whole thing. It's really a beautiful piece. It's a very beautiful song, and I was. You know, you never think that of that tune because it's always used in like cartoons when a yeah. cartoon has to go. It's usually used in a fairly comical way. A very funny is, comical scene, right? Yeah. And you never really think, but it's actually a very, very nice, very nice and pretty tune. And, did you uh, did you tear up a little? When not you heard real, it? not to that. I I was just sharing that, not to that, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there's some. I can't think of any right now, but I mean, there's some songs and there's a lot of there's some movie soundtracks I think that would do it to me. Um, okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, Feel like it's that X Men. Uh, no, X Men does not make me tear up, except what? for the fact that Apocalypse was so bad. But uh, it's not that bad. Well, um, it was that bad. It was. I I thought it was. Uh, well, well, there's there's a few. Uh, well, okay, well, it wasn't that bad. It was en- no. It was, it was enjoyable enough to watch. Yeah, I guess I'll give it that. But I wasn't it, talking it, specific specifically about Apocalypse. But it I was wasn't. <laughs> the, it wasn't the best X Men. There's a. There's like a like um in Days of Future Past when they kill Storm yeah and then like the the shot it shows like a sentinel like throwing her over the cliff and there's like this just sort of there's a choir that chimes in like really um mm-hmm. I guess subtly and I'm just like oh god right that one <laughs> that one oh god did yeah. you start crying at that scene I didn't cry but I felt myself getting emotional well there it is yeah you started crying That's, a little bit then. I, I I it didn't happen to me the first time I saw it but I remember watching it over uh last fall uh 2015 fall and yeah. and and it just kind of hit me I was like oh my god and so anyway that's where that's where I was psychologically last year. 
I was, was tearing crying, up at comic book movies. Crying <laughs> over Halle Berry getting killed, but but we. I think a lot of people would get teary eyed. I, I don't think so because we, for me, it was I felt like okay at that point because I'd been crying over the fact that her career had been dead for years. Oh, leading up to that. Why scene. did you have to that's take it there? Really hurtful. Yeah, <laughs> that's just hurtful. It's true. And tell me, it's not true. It's what has she been doing? What has she done besides X Men? Worth seeing um, since nothing. since Catwoman. That's what did it. <laughs> nothing, that nothing that I can think of really. Exactly. Wasn't she in like a movie, the Gothica? I think that's the only. That movie was I can yeah, that was that was really really bad. And that was before Catwoman. <laughs> that and was, I, but before. it was after X Men, right? It was after right? the first X Men. It was okay. actually the same year as X Two, but it was uh, it was after the original X Men. Yeah. I don't know. I remember watching like ten minutes of it and just being bored. So I mean, it's just no. I don't think I've seen her in anything <coughs> noteworthy since then. Now, actually, now we, I'm, I'm, we're making fun of her. She actually is. I saw a trailer for a new movie that she's in uh, coming up soon. It actually does look pretty good. What is it? Is it uh, well, it, drama, tra- comedy. What? It's oh, it's action. It's like action thriller. What it is? She's a she's a mother with her child. She's there at a park, and then all of a sudden, uh, she loses the child, and she sees him being abducted, and so she in her in her minivan. <laughs> Starts chasing up, and that, that's like the whole movie is her chasing them down in her minivan with you know horrible destructive things happening around it, like, like you know, horrible freeway accidents and things like that. So Halle Berry is the next Jason Statham. I see kill, it. She's killing it as a mom right now. She's momming it in the uh, in the minivan, but she's taking them down like Stallone. I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. So I, it looked it looked yeah. like a decent trailer. I don't. know. It looked like a decent film, but we'll see. I don't know. Pass. No, no pass. You're yeah, going. Pass. No. <laughs> that one and Eddie Murphy looks like he's going to be in a good movie coming up soon too. It's a What's drama. He in? It's uh, I forget the name of it, but it's based on a true story. He plays uh, a guy that gets hired by a family to take care uh, of a little girl whose mom is dying of cancer, and then she in the whole movie progresses. It's her growing up, you know, with him, and then they have a falling out, and she doesn't speak to him for years, and then comes back, and, you know, it's one of those types of movies. I just don't know if I'd like to see him in a drama. He's I he's like the comedy him. guy for he's, me. He's, and I just he is actually a really good actor. He really is. It's just, yeah, he I, just I picks horrible that. movie roles. <laughs> one of the last, the last thing that I saw that he was actually good in, I think, was Life. That was that was a comedy, but it definitely had some serious dramatic moments in it. It did, and, yeah, Life was probably the last good film. Because that, that's after Nutty Professor and Doctor Doolittle, which were yeah. good films, uh, but um, and then after that, this whole decade, these last for fifteen, falling sixteen, stars, Todd, fifteen, falling sixteen stars. years, uh, the twilight of Eddie Murphy's career. <laughs> Man, Eddie Murphy and Halle Berry—they're gonna go out with a bang, though. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Eddie Murphy's next film—he'll see his kid get abducted and he'll chase them down in a minivan. Maybe Halle Berry and him should do a film together where their careers get abducted and they have to chase them down. You're listening to the Smokey Light Podcast. We have now come to the part where I'll be talking about my summer, but I'm not doing it alone. Instead of me and her doing it separately, we are going to be talking about our summers together. I'm talking, of course, about me and Miss Pingrino, and she's here with me. Say hi. Hi. Uh, That's right. She's back, too. So uh, the reason why we're going to be talking about this together is the fact that uh, some massive changes have happened over the last few months, right? Super massive changes. Okay, so 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 what's happened? 
we've moved in together. That's right. That's right. We 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 finally decided to hell with it. Enough with stupid apartments that don't work anymore. And we decided to finally just make it. Let's just do it. Let's just go for it. And we have now moved into a, a beautiful uh, new apartment. And uh, it's it's been wonderful, don't you think? It's nice. It's very nice. It's most favorite because I mean. It's the first apartment I've ever been in that has two floors and uh, two bathrooms. I mean, this is all kinds of green amenities, and, and Teeb's a happy too. She's super happy. So much less anxious. Exactly, and and we, we, we found that out in the last segment there. But, um, but yeah, no, it's been fantastic, and so, you know, we're here now. And uh, what else has been going, with you, going on with you this summer? Working a lot, swimming randomly and on occasion. Mark! That's about it. Your summer's boring. You're like DJ Poor Summer. I can't help that I work in retail, and we don't get off during the summer. We don't get off during any holiday. Well, we we uh, we we've done some fun stuff. We did some fun stuff this summer. What kind of fun stuff did we do? Well, I don't know. What did we do? Really? There's there was Fluffy. Oh, Fluffy did happen during the summer. Of course, we're talking about Gabriel Iglesias. He is so freaking hilarious. We went to the Cherokee Casino and saw him. Had a great time, except for that girl who sat behind us repeating him, which was annoying. That was terrible. Other than that, he, I mean, him and his openers, which is a guy, a couple of guys that he does a TV show with, were just, they were super hilarious. It was. They were hilarious, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, well, we, we've done some other stuff, too. We have swam a lot at my parents' house, but, uh, but what else? We had to do something else. I mean, I don't... Well, my birthday just passed. That's right. That happened. We had an awesome, like, bowling get-together, doing trick shots and having uh, a little bit to drink. It was just pretty great. Nice dinner, too. That's right, and, and I got you awesome gifts. Oh, super awesome gifts. He got me Game of Thrones Clue, which if if you hadn't guessed by now, I love Clue. It's just amazing. And a awesome Impractical Jokers t-shirt. Because I'm just that awesome. Super awesome. That's right. So it, it's been it's been fun. And, and in my summer, well, it's essentially been the same. Uh, I've just been working a lot. We did those things. But I got to go to Florida this year. Let's not discuss that. I know. She was supposed to go too, but we never got it cranked out soon enough for her to get time off. And so unfortunately, she didn't, she, Miss Pingrino didn't get to go. Because people at my work are greedy and take two vacations in a month when other people don't get shit. Exactly. And, uh, but, but you did get a little bit of vacation there last week, right? Or two weeks ago, I guess? A couple weeks ago, yeah. For my birthday, I got it. But that's because technically for retail, August is not the summer anymore. That's right. But uh, you went to go see your your sister and her husband and your new niece. And uh, not only that, but you went to her uh, baptism, right, earlier or in July there? Yeah, July 4th, I went to her baptism. It was great. I got to see a couple people from my family that I hadn't seen in a really long time and some people from church I hadn't seen in a while. It's nice to kind of catch up with everybody. Got the third degree why I hadn't been home in so long. But, you know, other than that, it was pretty great. And Tova was a pretty good baby at a baptism. Yeah, she's a pretty good baby overall, really. She's not, she's not very fussy, I don't think. She's fussy when she wants something, and then when you give in to her and give it to her, she puts a little smirk on her face like she knew you were going to give in all the time. Mm-hmm. She's just going to get spoiled rotten pretty much from this day forward. But uh, but yeah, I guess that's our summer in a nutshell. Uh, we did some stuff. We did fun things. We did some fun things. It's just a lot of working and 
small little fun things that's called life well life needs a break sometimes yeah that's for sure but the main thing is that we are now living together so when you hear me coming oh that didn't sound right when you uh, when you hear this podcast when you hear it going on uh i'm coming to you from our new home it's no longer the hot toddy household it's the hot toddy miss pingrino and teeb's household that's right all right so there you go that's our summer Go away now. Orson Welles, smoking hot Toddcast promos. Take one. Okay, Mr. Wells, uh, just do your spiel, your usual thing there, and say, Hello, this is Orson Welles, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Ah, the French champagne. No, 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 hold it. All right, Mr. Wells, just say, This is Orson Welles, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Toddcast. Okay, go again. Yes. Oh, yes. They're even better raw. Cut! All right, do it again. All right, and action. Look, I don't need to do this. I've got a fish stick commercial in an hour. Oh, what the hell? I need the money. The Smokin' Hot Toddcast. Penis. Cut! The Smokin' Hot... Hello, I'm Orson Welles. Ah! Well, you know, this is almost kind of embarrassing to admit. You know, on our show, we have, probably without a doubt, the greatest film director of all time. He's deceased now, but his spirit lives on in a cartoon, and he is on this show... And of course, I'm speaking of Orson Welles. I have known him for years now. And even with all of that, even with knowing him and him being on this show, until recently, I had never seen the movie that made him famous, one of the most beloved films of all time, Citizen Kane. I had never seen it before. And when I realized this, I started feeling guilty. It's like, I've I've known this guy for so long, and I haven't even enjoyed his art. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's a part of my art, and yet I don't even respect enough about his to even watch it. So one of the things I did this summer was I sat down and I watched Citizen Kane, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, is an absolutely breathtaking film. And after it was said and done, I went directly to Orson Welles and told him what a marvelous piece of work it was. And I asked him if he would sit down with me and talk about some of the scenes from that film and give an explanation behind each of them so that we can have an even greater understanding of this film. And he agreed, and we recorded the whole thing. And here it is now. Take a listen. I am currently sitting next to probably the man considered to be, if not the greatest, definitely in the top three greatest directors of all time in, in film history, and a gentleman that just so happens to be a part of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. I'm talking, of course, about the late, great Orson Welles. Say hello, Mr. Welles. Hello, I'm Orson Welles. And there you go. So this summer, I finally, for the first time, watched Citizen Kane. And just like everybody else, I immediately understood why this is considered to be one of the greatest films of all time. And it did not occur to me until recently that, duh, the man who made the film and starred in it is right here on this show. Why not take the time and speak with him about the film, most notably the most iconic scenes from the film, and get his take on what he was feeling at the time that he came up with these ideas and how they came about. So sit back now and enjoy as we listen to some of these iconic scenes and get Mr. Wells's take on it. Let's begin. Of course, probably the most iconic scene from Citizen Kane, the beginning of the film, where we see the death of Charles Foster Kane, and his final word being Rosebud. How did that name come about? Rosebud. Yes, yes, Rosebud. Where did that come from, Mr. Wells? Rosebud frozen peas, full of country goodness and green penis. Wow, probably one of the most famous lines in film history, 
and it came from that. I then. If I want, I can go to court. A father has a right to. A boarder that beats his bill and leaves worthless stock behind. That property is just as much my property as anybody's, now that it's valuable. And if Fred Graves had any idea all this was going to happen, he'd have made out those certificates in both our names. However, they were made out in Mrs. Kane's name. He owed the money for the board to the both of us. The bank's decision on all matters concerning... I don't hold with signing my boy away to any bank as guide. I want you, you to stop all this nonsense, The bank's decision on all matters concerning his education, his places of residence, and similar subjects is to be the final. The idea of a bank being the guardian. I want you to stop all this nonsense, Jim. We will assume full management of the Colorado loan, of which I repeat, Mrs. Kane, you are the sole owner. Where do I sign, Mr. Thatcher? Right here, Mrs. Kane. Larry, I'm asking you for the last time. Anybody think I hadn't been a good the husband The sum of $50,000 a year is to be paid to you and Mr. Kane as long as you both live, and thereafter to the survivor. Well... Let's hope it's all for the best. It is. This is a very pivotal scene in the film because this is where Charles Foster Kane's parents decide to give up young Charles and let the bank be his guardian. Mrs. Kane is all for it. Mr. Kane is sorely against it and threatens to sue. And it's really amazing, this scene, because it, it's a husband and wife bickering, but not in a, in a way that you would remember from that era. This looked almost real, and it was very, very pivotal in the film. Where did that come from? Oh, what luck. There's a French fry stuck in my beard. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're beautiful. Oh, I can't. Yes, you are. You're very, very beautiful. I've never been to six parties in Extremely my beautiful. whole life. Oh, I've never even been up this late. It's a matter of habit. I wonder what the servants will think. They'll think we enjoyed ourselves. Yes. Didn't we? I don't see why you have to go straight out to the newspaper. You never should have married a newspaper man. They're worse than sailors. I absolutely adore you. Oh, Charles, even newspaper men have to sleep. I'll call Mr. Bernstein, have him put off my appointments until noon. What time is it? Well, I don't know, it's late. It's early. Charles, do you know how long you kept me waiting last night while you went to the newspaper for ten minutes? What do you do on a newspaper in the middle of the night? Emily, my dear, your only correspondent is the Inquirer. Sometimes I think I'd prefer a rival of flesh and blood. Oh, Emily, I don't spend that much time on the newspaper. It isn't just the time. It's what you print, attacking the president. You mean Uncle John? I mean the president of the United States. He's still Uncle John. He's still a well-meaning fathead who's letting a pack of high-pressure crooks run his administration. This whole oil scandal... He happens to be the president, Charles, not you. That's a mistake that will be corrected one of these days. You, Mr. Bernstein, sent Junior the most incredible atrocity yesterday, Charles. I simply can't have it in the nursery. Mr. Bernstein is apt to pay a visit to the nursery now and then. Does he have to? Yes. Really, Charles? People will think... What I tell them to think. Of course, the breakfast scene where we see Mr. Kane and his wife, and it's a montage of breakfast scenes. It's one right after the other from when they were first married till towards the end of their marriage. And you see the distance grow and grow between each montage. And it was not only powerful for the film, but it really speaks true as to how a lot of married couples become over time. And really is just kind of a, a bleak landscape for love in, in our society. How did this scene come about? 
A rich, full-bodied wine, sensibly priced at a dollar a jug. And now, for a little magic, I will make this jug disappear. Uh, okay. With one purpose only, to point out and make public the dishonesty, the downright villainy of boss Jim W. Getty's political machine. Now in complete control of the government of the state. I made no campaign promises because until a few weeks ago, I had no hope of being elected. <laughs> the working man, the working man, and the slum child know they can expect my best efforts in their interests. The decent, ordinary citizens know that I'll do everything in my power to protect the underprivileged, the underpaid, and the underfed. This is probably, besides Rosebud, probably the most important scene of the film is Charles Foster Kane running for office, promising wonderful things for the public. And what I love about this scene is, of course, it is so powerful. And it reminds me a lot of, you know, I mean, it, it's not changed. I mean, we ha we still have the politicians who come out to promise us a million things and then end up not delivering on anything. And I think this go around between Hillary and Trump, I, th I think it's probably the worst it's ever been. And so, it, it, it again, it's another scene that speaks not only true to this film, but to our society as well. How did you feel when you made this scene? Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated Paul Masson. Ah, the French. Why am I not surprised that you said that? final scene of the movie, the room trashing scene in which Mr. Kane is trying to destroy everything that's bringing back horrible memories for him. But then at the very last moment, he picks up that snow globe and he says the iconic word again, Rosebud. And spoiler alert, if you've never seen the film, Rosebud is the name of the, his sled that he had as a boy. I, I have to know, what made you want to make this scene? There is no fish stick like Mrs. Pelts. Yes. Oh, yes. They're even better raw. And as always, Mr. Wells, very informative. This has been Hot Toddy and Orson Wells talking about his iconic film, Citizen Kane. I'm now going to jump off the nearest cliff. Who the hell are you, anyway? And now, Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. Some days you're the dog, and some days you're the hydrant. And that was Random Thoughts by Hot Toddy. And there you have it. The first episode of season three is in the books, and there is no turning back now. We are smack dab in the middle of season three of the Smoking Hot Toddcast, and we have tons and tons of great shows coming your way within the next few weeks, so don't miss a thing. Keep your eye out every Thursday for a new episode of the Smoking Hot Toddcast. We've got another one coming your way next week, so be prepared. That's going to do it for us this week, though. You can follow me on all social media. That's Hot Toddy on Facebook, Vine, Periscope, YouTube, and of course on Mixcloud, which is one of the places that the 
Smoking Hot Toddcast can be found. You can also follow me on Twitter at Hot Toddy 9102, Instagram hottest underscore toddy, and Snapchat at Hot Toddy 75. You can also follow some of the cast members of the Smoking Hot Toddcast on Twitter, Miss Pingrino at Pingrino, Sheila at Sheila Hawk, and Doc Summit at Kev Summit. Until next week, this is Hot Toddy saying welcome to season three, bitches. Bitches.